0: It's Tuesday, August 7th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 493 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 42 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. And my name is Chad. Those two Kickstarters we mentioned last time are still going to be going on as of this recording, this is another one where we're doing two back-to-back. So No, that was a week ago, man. Woo! Long week. Yeah, <laughs> lots of stuff
1: happened.
0: We got all kinds of news from the role-playing right, world. Right. Tell you about what just... No. So, yeah. all right. Uh, those two Kickstarters, though, one of them is Derek Knutson's game, the Universal Role-Playing System, and his adventure for it, Flower of Heaven, is on Kickstarter, and also Gamer's Table, which is a show that Eric Osley, who mm-hmm. both podcasts and games with us, is on. It's actually his show, I guess. I don't know if somebody does own it. I guess it's him. He's the one we know, so he owns it. Yeah, he right. owns it. That's fine. Nobody else it. matters in that group. So
1: and until I meet
0: him, and they, then they matter. And they're kickstarting their second season right now, since they do studio rentals and such. So check that out. And with that done, let's get into it. There's a topic we're going <laughs> to debate. So this is one. We Actually, I don't know if we've done an episode like this in a while, because we've done some advice shows lately, mm-hmm. but, but we I, haven't done one where you're objectively wrong. I yet. don't know if yet. we've done one where there was strong disagreement right. between the hosts. Right. And so the topic we're going to talk about is recycling. Now, when right. I, I say recycling, you I don't mean plastic cups. I don't mean yeah. plastic cups. I also do not mean borrowing from something that is established, or written by somebody else and adapting it to your game. I'm not talking about that. So I'm not talking about dipping into a module Mm -hmm. or a setting book or a movie for inspiration. We're not talking about that. We are talking about recycling
1: your material or recycling something. Like large swaths of material, not just, oh, there was this crazy NPC I like who would work here, or I had an idea for a game. Precisely. Like, we're talking... I ran this game in 1985 and it was freaking awesome. We're doing it again. Let's get the band back together. Because
0: I think we could agree that recycling in small amounts. Sure. That I don't think there'd be any disagreement amongst us about that. If you bring back an NPC, that was kind of fun and throw them at a group to see if they work or not. Mm -hmm. I think there'd be unanimous agreement amongst the hosts that this is on the table. This is on the menu.
2: Well, I'll also say, one thing that wouldn't come up in this topic is one shots. Mm -hmm. I'm all for running the same one shot for multiple groups and seeing how they react because one shots tend to be a little more railroady, a little more setting. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Sometimes you're even providing the characters for them. I would gladly take any of my notes and from any con game I've run and set down in front of another group and run the same. uh,
0: Sometimes it's what makes con games possible because if you're running something in multiple slots or whatever, you've only got a finite amount of time to repair. So if you can take a game and run it twice and on top of that, sometimes it's a lot of fun because within that con, and I think this is also true in larger campaigns, but we'll come back to that. But within the course of a con, it's really neat to see how two different groups will approach the same situation and how they will interpret different things and respond to certain mm-hmm. things and whatever. So we're going to leave that one aside because I think that would just be us chasing our tails over nothing. So, let's get down to the part we would disagree on. What I am going to propose, and I'm prepared to put some boundaries on this and to defend the ground (laughs) that I'm willing to defend. I won't defend a straw man, so there's going to be some boundaries here. Mm -hmm. But the territory that I stand on is I believe it is absolutely feasible and absolutely workable to recycle large amounts of content. For example, to take a campaign that you ran for one group Back five yeah. ten years ago,
1: and assuming this is a new group of people, and run it A to Z. I mean, with what the, the very. I mean, there's this chaos factor of its new sure. people doing different things, yes. but accounting for that, and, and running run, it
0: running it more or less. Right. Okay, so you're running it more or less along the same lines as before. The setup of the plot. The big bad, yeah, the, the
1: general the, makeup of the party, yeah, their some kind of, the, of the, purpose, the plot
0: complications yeah. mm-hmm. along the way. The major plot points, okay, maybe it's retold a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. I guess a good example here would be, uh, you can take any major intellectual property, Lord of the Rings, each time it's told, whether it's one way in the book, it's a little right. bit different in the movies, it's a little bit different in the animated movies. Douglas Adams did this with every iteration mm-hmm. of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. He told a fundamentally identical story in terms of the basic plot points and setting. One note, it all, all started there,
1: with a doctor who episode,
0: but they still got rearranged, right? He mm-hmm. told the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. I mean, what half a dozen different ways. I mean, probably more, maybe less. I don't know, but he did it in a bunch of different ways. So that's what I'm prepared to defend is I think it is completely workable in the context of a role playing game. Right. All right. So Chad, do you want to go first with the rebuttal or do you want me to start (laughs) with the defense?
1: Well, my, my rebut is going to be a little weak because I think that it's foolish to do absolutes. You know, it's like, is that concept workable? Yeah, sure. It's because it's worked before, you know, you make it work and the players make it work and you can make it fun. I just don't think it's a generally good idea. And I've played in games that you've run that you've run for other people and they're fine. they're great. I certainly don't like doing that myself. a lot of it has to do with my personality of I always want to try new things. I, I always want to explore these new concepts or whatever is fascinating me that I translate that fascination into a campaign mm-hmm. and run that. And then when I've kind of expressed that, I'm done. I I move on to something new. So it really super doesn't work for me. I guess the hard argument that I would have against taking an old campaign that you've run for specifically for different people and run it for a new group of people in a different time in your life is just that you made a campaign Mm -hmm. for a group of personalities who were at a certain time in their life and you're at a certain time in their life and there's certain stuff going on that you think is all really super important. And then 20 years later, you don't think that same stuff's important and you have a new group of people and they have different personalities and different desires and different things that get their motor running and different ways to motivate them. And my thing is, it's very difficult to reform the game for that. Mm -hmm. But a possible, reasonable, so, possible. But what I've observed when people do it, not just you, Dan. Sure. But what I've observed when other people do it, they do it because they hold on to an ideal. And it's this ideal of in the past, when we were younger, it was a golden age. We remember the good stuff. We don't remember the bad stuff necessarily. Or we say, hey, we survived that bad stuff. And the game that you're running now becomes idealized. And so... Because it's an idealized memory, which is great and should be cherished, there is an effort to recreate the experience and not the game, and that ends in tears. Oh,
0: here I will go
1: a step farther, actually,
0: on your side, Mm -hmm. which is, I'll say, it doesn't have to be a youthful thing. Right. It could be a campaign that you ran last year, Mm -hmm. and you still, though, have this thing where maybe, let's say, it's not idealized. It actually went great. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, you presuppose, because it went great for this group, we can recreate that with a new group. And I think that is somewhat risky territory to tread. So yeah.
2: here's why I couldn't do this. When I come up with a campaign, it's usually after I've sat down with the players. And I may have an idea, right. something I want to explore. Like sort you of a framework, yeah. But the NPCs, the villains, the whatever... None of those are created until the characters have all been created, and I build the campaign around those characters. Could you swap those characters out? You probably could, but it wouldn't be as personalized, and that's why I would have a really hard yeah. time doing that because say, I don't get that inspiration until all of the characters are made and I see how they're, sure. yeah. what their backstories is. And
0: are. this may be where some of this works uniquely well because of my GMing style because the central thesis to how i run a game is something i've referred to in the past as the what's really going on document and for anyone that's new to the show i don't know if i've described this recently so a quick crash course in the what's really going on document is part of the way that i formulate a game campaign is i sit down and figure out okay who are the major actors what's the politics going on here What's occurring in the world? How would all of this unfold if no element of chaos was introduced? So if this was just a novel telling, who is it that would win? In what way? How would things go? And then that becomes more or less my guideline for the game. And this is how I can do things like have all these layers of politics and intrigue is because I've already mapped out that these groups are in motion. It's not like you start off and one group's in motion, then when you encounter them, another group's in motion. When you guys reach the ball field, there's already plays in progress and things going on. And so that may be something about my style of game mastery that makes this uniquely workable because a what's really going on document, it presupposes the introduction of an element of chaos. It doesn't require the players to be anything in particular so long as they care about some aspect of what's unfolding in the world. You know, As long as they have some investment in it, that's as far as it has to go. It's not like, well, to play this, you have to be exactly what the group was before or care about exactly what the group did
1: before. And I think that can be the problem because while you say that, and we all agree and we're all reasonable people. My experience has been that it it turns out to be the opposite because a lot of the game masters who take that idealize it. It's, it's no longer a game or a campaign. It is the totally unrelated, idealized experience. And so they think that the game and the experience are the same thing, and it's not. And when they run it, it's like the game could be firing in all of its cylinders. Yeah, Everybody can be going, great. You've personalized the game for the players, and the experience is totally different, and it's wrong, and it's disappointing. Well, and I think that's
0: something that the game master has to unpucker on from the outset. Yes. Is the game master has to accept that there are going to be things about this game that are going to be radically different. That, and, and that's good. Y- that's and that's good, good yes. Because if you are just doing a rote paint-by-numbers recitation of the prior campaign, it doesn't work. At best, you are railroading your players down a pipe they don't want to be going down. Mm -hmm. At worst, you're going to go beyond railroading and into something that is boring, expectation-heavy, and it's just going to be a disappointment across the board because... I mean, heck, you don't even have to do a role-playing game for this. I can sit down and watch a movie with Mm -hmm. somebody where it fits, let's say, their sense of humor, and we're just dying laughing watching it. And I'm like, oh, this is so hilarious. I've got to show this to so-and-so, and they take one look at it and don't even crack a smile. Right. You know, they, like... I don't, this is stupid. This is
1: the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then that movie becomes bad for you because it's such a disappointment, like this thing that you love. And now that their emotion is bringing you down on it. And it's,
2: yeah. And so, I mean, that, that person becomes the problem. And
1: so I think there's a lot of, don't understand the (laughs) subtle humor of Adam Sandler.
0: (laughs) I think there's a lot of things that you can carry over. I think there's a lot of things you can reuse once again, particularly the central thesis of what is going on in the world. But the Game Master has to unpucker and have some flexibility. But And this is another thing where maybe my style of GMing or my personality makes this work uniquely well is, to me, that's the fascination. My games have these layers of politics. They don't typically have a clear-cut villain. It's much more about Mm -hmm. these, yes, there are going to be good guys and bad guys and are going to be friendly and unfriendly individuals, but there's a lot of angles to look at things, and I want to see how you resolve that. And some of it is, I'm looking to see what you guys will do with this. I right. want a different outcome, or maybe a, the same outcome, but you're going to arrive there on your own. I'm not going to force you down that. You know, I would love to see in some of these games, would another group, side with the same group the previous one sided with? Would they come to the same moral conclusions? Would they make the same friends and enemies? You know, Would they solve the plot points in radically different ways, possibly to the point of derailing the campaign three settings in, to the point that it does take on a new life of its own?
2: It's something I couldn't do with a campaign, but it makes me think of video games and replaying through games, choosing different factions, different characters, things like that. And sometimes, in video games, that's something that is fun to redo those plot points, and, but and the video n- games are more scripted
1: yeah and and that's not fun for me, and I get why people it, enjoy i don't read books twice i I read a new book every time, I never read the same book twice, and I don't play video games more than once, at least single
2: player plot ones. one I, of the reasons I, I just I get like, bored with them one of the reasons I like reading books more than once may actually support dance ideas. I'm at a different place in my life mm-hmm. and I see things differently. Yeah. So I may get something out of it that I didn't before. First time I saw uh, Office Space, didn't get it, wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Then, once I'd worked in a cubicle farm, I went back and watched it and it became one of my top 10 movies. Mm-hmm. Love the movie. I was in a different place in my life. Sure. If I had had that mindset of, you know, I already done it, I'm going to go do something new, I would have missed out on something I really enjoy now mm-hmm. because I just didn't. I wasn't in a place at the first point to really enjoy it. And I think that can happen when you run games too. How you approached it as a GM the first time may be completely different than how you approach the same material 10 years later because you're in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say if
0: you're using your game notes as written, you're using them in that paint-by-numbers fashion, you've already got this wrong. I mean, sure, that's what you can mine for the gist of things. But if you cannot accept that this is going to be a different experience, that you are not recreating the exact same story, then this isn't going to work in all probability.
2: I would change out NPCs to be more impactful for the characters Mm -hmm. that I have at the table now and the new players I have at the table, I think. Try to make it more customized if I ever tried this. I still just can't imagine myself trying this for the type of games I run. But I think that there's a possibility of the players becoming intimidated by
1: the concept from the game master intimidated by the pitch because the, the game master can be very excited about it. I mean, they are, they had a great game with it, but they, the game master could, instead of saying, well, okay, here's this concept and here's the story. And here's this big bad. How do you guys see your characters fitting into it? You know, let's do a little back forth. Instead, the game master comes, Guys, in 1985, <laughs> I had the most awesome summer ever because we played this campaign. And we were these characters, and we did these things, and it was awesome, and you're going to love it. And then the players are sitting there going, what
2: if I don't love it? Or what do I have to add to this world that's already full of Yeah, exactly.
1: It, it, there's an intimidation factor of, okay, well, they're playing a band of... Circus performers that go from town to town investigating uh, supernatural events. Man, I am really super not interested
2: in playing carnies or circus people. I don't think I would tell the group that I'd run it before. Yeah. I would present it like it's a brand new campaign. Right. Just leave out the fact that I've run it. And try not to oversell. Yeah. Because that's the issue is that
1: you know so much about the campaign because you ran it. And you have these ideas of they're going to have fun and they're going to be awesome and it's going to be really funny. And what if you're playing with a group that doesn't really do funny? They do serious or they do dark or something like that.
2: Well, That's definitely the first piece of advice I have for you, Dad, is when you want to do this, don't mention you've run it before. Just lie. Because it's not (laughs) even (laughs) lying. You You just don't bring it up.
1: Yeah. Because that is something. I've got an idea for a campaign. Do you guys want to play BattleTech where we play Mercenaries on the Edge of the Clans? Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm down. Yeah, don't Do mention Do you want so to play Silver scorpion. Scorpions? Not yeah. so much. I mean, you're I really have glued to that. I have
2: witnessed... that I've done it before. Yeah. I have witnessed this among different players that have played for you. There is that instant pucker when you say, I've run this before, whether it be Stone Keep, okay. Silver Scorpions. No, all right. That one, I have to, because this
0: is driving me bad. <laughs> shit. So, all right, Stone Keep, you're correct. That one yeah. I've run for a couple different groups. And the groups have had very different approaches and it's been really neat to see both the different ways they've approached it and also... Is there actually a
1: keep made of stone in it? Or is uh, that just a, like a cool name?
0: It's no, it's called Stone Keep because in the Forgotten Realms there's a major trade road that sits between major empires and it's kind of caught up in this no man's land of little city-states. And at this intersection is something called the Standing Stone, which has an ancient treaty between elves and men that nobody even really remembers anymore, Mm. and the elves have since left the area and whatever, but that giant landmark is still there. How the game starts is there is a keep with a town that sprung up around it that is built as a satellite outpost by one of these empires that isn't per se trying to stake claim to the countryside, but is just putting down a footprint from which they're trying to keep a little bit of law and order along those roads. And the keep is named after the, the fact that there's a standing stone next to it. And for that reason, they just call it the Stone Keep or the Stone's Keep. And so it's just a landmark name. Uh, I guess it is made out of stone, at least in part, stone and wood. But uh, that's where it gets its name mm-hmm. from. But when that one, I have run for multiple groups with that unpuckering and with yeah. that whatever and seeing it go really neat... But the one that drives me nuts is for some reason, everyone is convinced I have run a battle tech campaign about a group called the silver scorpions to explain this to the people listening. I never have that campaign has literally never happened, but everyone's convinced I've run it before. Like this is my, my Mandela moment, right? <laughs> there's this, there's something called the, the Mandela effect Cause people talk about it more recently with the Steen versus Berenstain Bears. It's, in this universe, at least, the Berenstain Bears. But people from my universe remember it as the Berenstain Bears. It,
1: it is the Berenstain Bears. Yeah. Yeah, except it's not. I mean, have we been mispronouncing it? And the people who, like, yeah. wrote it welcome, say it's Berenstain?
0: Welcome to the Mandala effect. Everybody remembers that or many people remember as the Berenstain Bears. It's not. It's the Berenstain Bears. I mean, is this bears. like a
1: Van Gogh thing? Where we say it's a Van Gogh. No. That's not how you pronounce his it name, is... because in their language, it's Van Gogh, no. and we just... It's spelled with an A. It's not just pronounced differently. There's no E there. It's an A. So it is in legitimate yes. Stein. We just were told by our parents when they read it to us that it was the Baron verse. And that's what everyone remembers. Huh. And uh,
0: there's uh, Where it got its name, the Mandel effect, is Nelson Mandela. So I guess Mandela! For a large percentage of people, remember him having died in prison no he didn't but he didn't he survived and then died some years later but when the news broke that he had died there was a significant portion of the population that was shocked by this news because they believed he had died years ago in Mm -hmm. prison and so they named it after him the mandela effect and there are several other examples of this if you go into wikipedia they have a whole list of these memories that are shared by a substantial number of people Mm -hmm. and there have been various theories on why this is true ranging from the maybe we are consciousnesses jumping multiverses to no maybe there's psychological or sociological reasons for this or whatever and way out of the context of the show
2: yeah i don't remember what all of them were but like from i've heard a bunch of them and some of them are ones where yeah i just kind of it gets you when you realize it wasn't really that. But yeah, that, that's my Mandela
0: effect. That's my Mandela moment, is everyone is convinced I've run a campaign I've never run. I keep wanting to run it, and I never have. There's then some... run it.
1: I tried, and I got shot down. Well, maybe we don't want to play Silver Scorpions. <laughs> okay. I mean, you run it so often, we're yeah. tired of it. I run it all the time.
0: But the point being, though, okay, there are other campaigns, though, where I have... Rerun campaigns or large swaths of campaigns. And I've seen it work out. This is why I believe within that context, if you are willing to start killing off your sacred cows, if you're willing to start letting these things go, then you can absolutely mine your own stuff. But you have to accept as a game master coming into it that you are telling a fundamentally different story for a different group of people or maybe it's not
1: a different story and i think but it's
0: more actually it's a different experience i
1: think you said it there you're mining your old stuff you're not running the game that you ran in 1985 that was the best summer ever because let me tell you 20 years ago you sucked as a game master and i don't mean you dan i mean everybody 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 sucked in the past, as a game master, and you ran more and you got better. You're a better game master That's
2: now. not true. I wasn't a game master then.
1: Well, that's true. You were lost in the woods and didn't know what role-playing games were.
2: But what you were describing there reminded me of all of the advice we give about running in a playing licensed you were setting. Playing your
0: lead and doing basement wrestling. <laughs> I think everything about your life has come a long way in 20 <laughs> years.
2: What you described though reminded me of all the advice we normally give about playing in a licensed setting. Can they kill Darth Vader? Conversation. Right. This is really the same thing, except they don't know that setting and story you do. You have to treat it the same way of the moment you say go, whatever continuity you had before, that's set. Yeah. But okay. this is completely different and anything's
0: on the table. So let's see with our Mandela effect here. Let's say some people enter our reality mm-hmm. and in their reality, Star Wars does not exist. And I sit down with my preferred version, which is the D20 Revised. I know people love SAG and whatever, and I, whatever. But I sit down with my D20 Revised. And I'm like, all right, we're gonna play this game you guys have never heard of, and here's your characters. You're playing Luke and Han and Leia and Chewbacca. Now, how do we get? Why a, am
1: I playing a character called chewing tobacco?
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of hard questions I'd have to answer. But the point being, though. That the same advice I would give about getting a good game out of that mm-hmm. is the advice I would give out of recycling my own material. Right. You know, and so Wayne, I think in some ways you're dead on, and that there is absolutely a parallel to the way that I would approach setting canon of you know, saying, Okay, look, if this is your story, I can't tell you that you have to walk a particular road. I can't tell you I mean, maybe Luke sees that dad has a point and joins the dark side
1: or maybe he you know actually sells the robots for profit and gets accepted to the academy yeah
0: exactly <laughs> I mean,
1: and that's okay
0: <laughs> but the, you know the, what's really going on doesn't change there is still an emperor palpatine yeah. who's built a death star who's going around blowing up planets there's still a rebellion mm-hmm. there's
2: still all these smaller pirate and neutral factions that are
0: clustered around.
2: I mean, We've now officially sold me on this idea of redoing the soldier stuff. Cause you know how much I love what if stories mm-hmm. and alternate realities. And essentially that's what you're creating is how would this story have gone differently if different people were there?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's okay. So let me doing. ask
1: you this. What is your guy's opinion? And I'm against it, but what is your guy's opinion of taking a campaign That you've run for these specific players. Mm -hmm. And then 20 years later, the exact same group of players, you actually convince them to let you run the same campaign again. Now, this isn't some, well, it's X number of years, or it's it's the character's children. No. They started at point A 20 years ago, and they got to point Z. Guess what? Same characters...
2: New system, we're starting at point A again.
1: It's the summer of 85.
2: I would never do it. I hate the idea. Because for me, I like doing big reveals and big gives and mysteries. And they already know those mysteries. I'm completely with you guys on this
0: one. I would struggle with that a lot more. I think I could do it, but only under a lot of concessions and caveats. (laughs) For starters, the players would have to have a pretty poor memory. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's been long enough, they genuinely have forgotten what that campaign was about. Secondly, they would have to be on board with this down to a man and woman. I I would have to know that they're okay with the fact that we're about to rerun something they've already played. I think the third thing I would have to do is say, we need to get into some of the what if. We can't just relive what we did. I mean, mean, why not? You watch a movie like Star Wars. You don't know Vader. You know what?
1: You know Vader is his father. You know it. That's the big freaking reveal songs i what, love
0: i don't listen to once
1: right you know i don't listen to them and now constantly you're, now you're older and you're a better player and you're a better gm and we're not going to do a nostalgia side thing where we're going to run the summer of 85 campaign <laughs> just like it was <laughs> and everybody come with your 80s clothes but we're going to take this thing that we just have these great memories of and we're going to do the, you know, adult real version of it now.
2: So you hit on something that I've been thinking about as we talked about this. You've run it before, you know, the the good and the bad. It's kind of an opportunity to fix everything you screwed up the first and time. The You'll make new screw ups. Right. But yeah. you, all of those landmines, all those things you regret in the game that just didn't happen well. You can fix all of you that. You can mature mm-hmm. a
0: lot of things, yeah, that were kind mm-hmm. of doofy or didn't work or whatever. It does give you a chance to paint over mm-hmm. a lot of things or to put a rug over the pee stains
2: and such. <laughs> so, Yeah, I did. you didn't realize this NPC had a really stupid name. You can fix that now. Mm-hmm. So the idea that
1: the the Summer of 85 campaign with the group, we're getting the band back together, right? The yeah. same people... All the arguments that you guys use in favor of this, and in, not in of that, but in favor of running an old game for a new group, all the pluses about it, all the things you say can be used for this terrible idea <laughs> of running the campaign of 85 for the old band. You're a better game master. they're better players. You made some mistakes. Those can be patched over now. You're all more mature. You're not gonna be sitting around eating Cheetos smoking pot. You're actually going to be like running a, a really serious good campaign and maybe Cheetos and pot afterwards. yeah. but it, it, it to me, it's like all the same arguments can be used that are used for recycling campaign can be used to support this terrible so, idea. So
2: I'm just flashing back now, thinking of myself in the summer of 85. When we were children. When I was four years old, not quite, because I... Turned five in August. Yeah. Yeah. With pod
1: and, well, Cheetos uh, yeah, and, I was, and as you're describing, what, we were nine. Yeah. I think, yeah. We were nine. Right. So yeah, yeah we real. better not have had pot. Uh, Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> well, We had a lot of Cheetos, but
0: yeah, we're like eight or nine depending on the point in the year. But only thing I can come up with like that, mm-hmm. where I went back to the same group of people and they were interested in trying to recapture something that had happened before. Cause we've done it. We did. And it worked well, but we changed it. We changed it. Well, in, in two different ways. So I've got two campaigns in mind. One was we had a Battletech campaign. This one did occur uh, <laughs> where it was about a mercenary company. Silver Scorpions? No.
2: Because I, I, I've heard all the stories about you running Ratnitz? that one.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> we ran that game and went on for a couple years. And it kind of faded away, we mm-hmm. did other things, and then we came back to it. And suddenly we had matured past cardboard characters, right. and we'd yeah. actually learned in, something about role-playing, and character mm-hmm. depth, and story depth. And we thought, you know what? There we a, got out our interrogation lamps. There was a <laughs> lot of really neat stuff in that campaign, and it was a lot of fun to play. Wouldn't it be cool to revisit it? But what we did was we played a sequel campaign. Mm-hmm. and now it's the same characters in many cases not all of them were the same some people said i want to play the same character some people opted to play new characters but it started off basically a couple years after the previous campaign right. had ended well, and it's like okay so here- that's not the same thing no no i mean
1: it's cool that's my all, point is yeah.
0: yeah is but we did attempt to recapture the experience mm-hmm. and the way we did that and did Would it- you say the experience or like the old feel and I guess I'm using them interchangeably yeah. here. That's what I mean is kind yeah. of the feel of the good old days, but we did it not by photocopying a moment. We did mm-hmm. it by saying, how do we recapture that type of moment right. You know, in the same way that I go to see a new movie from a genre I like is because I want to relive a type of moment as of this recording equalizer two comes out in a couple of days you know <laughs> the first one was bad and I, I, the loved equalizer. It. I loved it you like revenge porn i do i lo- <laughs> I, I love i love revenge porn movies and <laughs> i love denzel washington right and so for me this is a great recipe and i totally want to see this movie the same when I saw John wick two, you know, I would, I didn't want to see John wick one repeated, right? You know, I wanted to go see, but I want a similar experience. I wanted to relive John wick one, but with new material. And that's, I think what we went for now, the second time we did it, we changed it up in a different way. And this was the all stars game Mm -hmm. where we decided to take a bunch of characters that we had played in previous campaigns. Some of them had been in the same campaign, all some, of them were terrible. Some, yeah, all of them were pretty terrible. Some of them had been from different campaigns. Well, like, you know what? Let's mature them. Let's improve them. Let's put them under one roof. Right. And let's tell a new story, but see if we can still mine the great experiences that we got from playing those characters. So, was it really recycling a campaign? It was recycling characters. No, for sure. But it certainly did recycle the setup of yeah. some campaigns because while we matured them, we did not
1: radically rewrite those characters. Right. It wasn't like we... Well, were... we, we took the goofiness and cheese of, sure. of hyperactive teenagers away from them. Yeah, we, we calmed them down. Yeah. But it wasn't like we completely threw away the concepts. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, okay... It was like we, we went from Adam West Batman to, well, I guess, Frank Miller, some dark 90s sure. Batman sort of thing.
0: But yeah, we didn't change yeah. the fact that... He's still Batman. He's still Batman and, still yeah. Batman and has the Bat Cave and the mm-hmm. Batmobile. He doesn't kill and,
1: people. He's about justice and his yeah. parents died and he's really rich. And, and yeah. has a butler named Alfred. Yeah, oh, yeah we
0: kept, was, you would still recognize these mm-hmm. as the same characters. But once again, was it exactly a photocopy of a prior campaign? No. Were there some similar elements? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Were we trying to recapture the best parts of an experience? Yes but it had to be made new in its own way.
1: And that's kind of my take on legitimately recycling a campaign, is that you can't take it whole cloth and expect it to be good, even if you're, you're doing all the right things, even if you're not overselling it and you're changing stuff up. You have to take the concept, the core concept, what makes it unique and interesting in its own thing, and you have to take that and then make it new. And I think that's the key to to running this sort of game. If you aren't making it new and interesting, even if you have a whole new group of people, eh, I don't know, it's just going to kind of be the same old same. Old. I mean, that, I can't tell you what problem you'll have, but I think that there
2: could potentially be a variety of problems. All right. So, let's go around the table. Yeah. Start with Chad, who I don't think is going to have one. Probably not. If you did have to rerun one of your campaigns, thinking back, what would be the one you would choose to redo, knowing they're all completely different characters, but there's something about that uh, Well The one
1: with Gnarl, for sure. I would totally rerun that from point A to Z, because I... I never finished it because Ooh, I lost uh, my job. Let me tell you
0: straight up, that is one of the big reasons why there are campaigns I want to rerun is some of them are firmly in that Mandela thing where mm. I never ran them to begin with, but others are ones that it's not just I want to mature them, I never got to tell the full story. Right. They died halfway through or less, mm. you know, well shy of their end point. And I want the chance to finish them. Yeah, it's one of those things. If you wanted to rerun the gnarl game without oh. gnarl,
1: <laughs> and, I, and I'm not just saying that. I love gnarl. Gnarl was a wonderful character. I love you playing him, and it was great. I, but I, I would want that. to run it with uh, the, the who plays it doesn't matter. Same yeah. players, different sure. players, a mix. But I would want new characters in a new setup. Okay. It would be the same world in the same campaign, and I would probably have you meet the same people doing the same stuff, put you on the same road. But I would want new characters, I think. that's what That would be my concession to make it fresh for me. All right, so I'll Dan, play a way nickname. Oh, that. my God.
2: <laughs> All right, so Dan, you? If you could only do one if I campaign. If could
0: do one campaign over again, which one would it be? And it can't be the Silver Scorpion campaign. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> you run it two damn
0: hard. Yeah, <laughs> despite how many times I've run. Oh, it. my God. You're just, uh, you're just filthy with Silver Scorpion campaigns. You know, I, I think it would be the Stone Keep King. Because.
1: Chat- Not bag of dicks on the borderlands. <laughs> Not bag
0: of d- no, no. Um <laughs> guess- sorry, that was a Chris May's kicked in the dice bag episode. Was <laughs> yes, it was. I yeah. Okay. At least I know what the MacGuffin was, right? <laughs> but no, I think it would be the D&D Stonekeep one. I think that would work well because it's was one of the first games I did that really had all those layers of politics and all those sort of shades of gray and the morality and things like that. It was one of the first campaigns where I really started to grok where I sat as a GM and what my strengths and weaknesses were. And so I think that's one I would love. It was the first time I've ever heard you use the word grok. Really? Okay. I'll try and never
2: use it again. Probably. So (laughs) are you kind of doing this for the skies of glass game? Because I know we've gone back. I know some of the plot that's going on in the background I feel like were I'm, part of
1: our original one. I don't feel like he's rehashing stuff. I feel like we are part of a larger world and we're new characters in a different part of this ongoing Because that world. was
2: the one thing I've always struggled with. I wanted to know how that story ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're kind of going to eventually The answer
0: that. is, are you dealing with the same ultimate overarching mega plot Yes. Now, where you guys are in that plot, both geographically and in terms of personal context, is radically different. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know that I would call this quite recycling the same campaign, but you are dealing with more or less the same ultimate Mm endpoint, I guess.
2: So for me, it would be the Pulp Superhero game that I ran. Mm -hmm. And the reason is... I wasn't happy with the ending Uh, when it actually ended. I don't remember if we were all really hungry and needed to go out to eat or if it was the (laughs) end of the night. I needed at least another 15 minutes to get us where we were really going with that ending of the campaign and it didn't happen Mm -hmm. as well as I was exploring an idea that I don't think I explored very well. And it's just I've learned a lot since running that campaign and I want to play with the ideas behind it. I think I would change all of the the characters Mm -hmm. all of the people you interact with i love your superhero games but the superhero games are great the idea behind it of somebody from an alternate reality to them they're the hero trying to recreate their reality but it's going to wipe out yours Mm -hmm. i like that concept Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like i played with it enough yeah plus my ending i just that ending
1: i thought the ending was great because it was the first game ever where one of my characters hooked up with one dawn's (laughs) character No, it isn't. That happened way back in the 90s. Oh, who remembers the 90s?
0: I do, through this addled haze, what I do.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to do more of having you guys describe the new universe that was being created, Mm -hmm. and it didn't, it just never worked out.
0: Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. So once again, check the show notes for the links to those two. Well, also,
1: I'm glad I won this debate. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just I'll just lay that out right now.
0: <laughs> so, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week of great games, and we will catch you next time.
1: We are
0: this has been a production of Fear the Boot. Copyright 2018. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy Network of Shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.